And all God's people said amen. Amen. <clears throat> amen. Thank you for the great, wonderful praise and worship in our songs today. I didn't know how to come up today. I was afraid I might step on somebody's toes. And so, uh, finally found the place. Thank you guys for giving the shoes and being a blessing to people that you may not meet this side of heaven. Uh, but it's always good that uh, God gives us the opportunity to give. The Bible says we're like Jesus when we're giving. And so, so thankful for that today. It's so good to be back home. We uh, had a great vacation. Thank you for your prayers. We made a long journey. We drove a lot. And then we drove a lot again. And so uh, it was a pretty lengthy trip, but we really enjoyed it. Saw so many things. And so in, in all of our, our driving, I, I noticed or was reminded again that uh, uh, you really have to look out at what's coming. If you're not careful, you'll kind of get caught up in it or you'll um, have some kind of mishap. And so this morning I want to speak to you about that very idea about looking out for what's coming. You know, as we were driving up and down the road, we weren't sure as we crossed the next hill or uh, we looked uh, around the next curve, we might see that one monumental, beautiful thing that kind of takes your breath away. And we saw some of those as well. And that's always exciting. And we never knew what might come flying out from under the vehicle in front of us either or, or, or what kind of hole might be in the middle of the road waiting for us. You always had to be looking out for what's coming. You know, I think God tells us that in His Word, that we ought to be looking out for what's coming. Because in our lives, and you, each of us could give a witness of how things that have caught us off guard or come at us when we weren't expecting it or when we weren't looking for it. Sometimes it's good things uh, that we see or experience in our life. Sometimes those things aren't so good. Uh, but yet there's things that are always coming at us. And the faster we go through life, the faster these objects or these experiences come at us. And so the pace that we live life today in our culture, we have to really be on guard about those things that are coming at us. I want you to turn your Bibles, if you would, to Romans chapter 13. We're going to continue in our journey in Romans chapter 13. And I want us to look with that idea uh, about look out for what's coming at us. Uh, beginning at verse 11 through the end of the chapter, and listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness or in lewdness or lust, not in strife or envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Bow with me if you would today and let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for the worship that we had in song today and fellowship with each other. And Father, now we're thankful for the fellowship and the ministry of your word in our lives today. Father, I pray you'll open our hearts today to receive your word and your truth. Father, it's that truth and the understanding of that truth that sets us free. And so, Father, I pray that today that we would receive with excitement and joy what you speak to us in your word today. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit be our guide through your word. Father, help us to see how important it is to always be looking out for those things that are coming toward us. To be ready and to be prepared 
to meet life in the Lord Jesus Christ and to enjoy and embrace it with all the fullness and compassion that we have in our hearts as believers. Father, I pray this morning that you'll take this word and Lord, just press it deep in our hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, as you begin to look at what Paul says, that life certainly comes rushing at us. We have to be careful. If not, the, we uh, will be caught by surprise with it. I want you to see some things with him this morning as Paul begins to really amplify that kind of idea or that thought process in our own minds. Uh, and one of those is in verse 11. Uh, you see, Paul immediately begins to tell us that we ought to be aware of what time it is. You know, things come at us at different speeds and we ought to be aware of where we are and the consciousness of of where we are in life and what's going on around us. Uh, He talks about time in this passage of Scripture in verse 11 and he says, "And, and do this knowing the time. You know, it's real easy in the Sunday morning worship service to have our watches out and and hold the preacher accountable for the time that we're here each Sunday morning. We can do that. But let me tell you, if we're really deep in the Spirit and in the Word of God, time's irrelevant to us. Uh, And so I just want to say this morning, get in the Word, and then it'll be irrelevant to you what time we leave this morning, okay? But I promise you, we'll get out on on time. Uh, but, But we need to be aware of what time it is. In several different categories, in several different areas. One of those areas is our personal time that we need to be aware of. Paul goes on to say, And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awaken out of sleep. Paul indicates that we might, we might be sleeping through life. That there's the danger that all of us get caught up in just kind of going through the motions of life. That we get caught up in just doing what we do every day, uh, over and over again, we get stuck in this routine. Anybody there? <laughs> right? I can't say that because I just came off vacation. Uh, but, but sometimes we get there. We get deep in our ruts and are ingrained in our habits. And we don't always look up and we kind of sleepwalk through life if we're not careful. But we, we have to realize that, that our personal time is important. We, we, we have to be engaged. When we're engaged in what God is doing and what uh, the kingdom work is around us, then that engagement causes us not to sleepwalk through life. You know, uh, I, I was reminded how difficult it is sometimes to stay awake when you're on a long drive. That you can kind of get that, that highway hypnotism, you know, and you can be going along and not realize how far you've come. But look, if you're engaged in the things that are going on around you, then, then you, you won't fall victim to that sleep. And so as we look around and see what God's doing in our lives, in the people's lives around us, and when we engage that, then all of a sudden we're living out our life. And so Paul reminds us of that very thing. He, it, Paul indicates that, that in, in this sleep, if we're not careful, that there's something that we ought to do to counteract that. If you notice in verse 11, he says, and do this. Well, my big question is, what is this? Well, this is back in verses 8 uh, through, through 10. And Paul gives us two important things in verses 8 through 10. And one of those is to love Christians. And in loving Christians, in extension, we love the church. What does he say in verse 8? He says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. So Paul says one of the ways that we stay engaged in, in what we are so that we don't sleep personally in our Christian life is that we involve ourselves in, in loving each other. Loving the body of Christ. Loving believers in the church. In extension, we love the church. 
Now, in Hebrews chapter 10, there's another encouragement along these same lines. And the writer of Hebrews says this. Listen, in chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, he says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. What's he saying? Let us consider one another. In other words, we, we ought to think about each other. I ought to see you guys every time that we're around each other. And if I really love you, my love's desire for you ought for me to want to stir up in you the things of Christ. In other words, I ought to show you or encourage you or challenge you how to love Jesus Christ more. How to be involved in what he's doing. How to do good work. So think about that just for a minute. If everyone in the church today is loving each other in that way, where we're encouraging each other, hey, you know what? Go uh, go uh, for Jesus. I mean, get excited about Jesus. Love Jesus. Follow Him. Be, be a servant. Do those good works. If we're all encouraging each other and we're a cheerleader for each other in those things, then think about how great that is, isn't it? Why, why, Hebrews goes on and says, here's why we ought to do this. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. There's time again, isn't it? So what the writer of Hebrews is saying, we ought to be encouraging each other. Listen, we ought to be in, look, you know, I thought about this a lot. Why do people come to church? You know, a lot of people say, I come to church for me because I need it. Look, I want to give you another reason to come to church. Come to church because everybody else needs you to be here. I mean, if we're doing and loving each other the way we should love each other, then, then as we come together, not forsaking that assembling of each other, then what are we doing? We're building each other up in the body of Christ. Listen, come because everybody else needs you to be here. I need you to love them and encourage them in those ways. And so Paul talks about that personal time. He says, how can we engage? Love each other. He goes on saying, verses 9 and 10, another way that we can engage in His kingdom work is that we can love our neighbors. Love the body of Christ. Love those who are outside the body of Christ. He says in verse 9, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 9, he says, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, uh, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. What Paul's saying, you want to stay engaged and not fall asleep in your personal time as a believer? Then what you ought to be about is, is loving, loving your neighbor, uh, caring about those people who are outside of relationship with Jesus Christ, Living that life that, that, that really presents Jesus Christ to them. And then in doing that, then you're engaged in what God's doing. Now, personal time. Paul says be aware of the time. Be aware of your personal time. Let me give you a second area. Be aware of prophetic time. Prophetic time. Uh, <clears throat> Paul really in the book of Romans is, is in a larger picture speaking about God's timeline that he has. You realize if you read the scripture and you say the Bible that you can see God working through his plan for his creation. You guys say amen? Aren't you excited about that? That God is God of order and God is working through his order and he's working through what he's determined, what he's decreed to happen. And, and somewhere along the way, we're, we're on that timeline. And, and so as you begin to think about that, we need to be aware of that. 
As a matter of fact, Paul speaks to young Timothy about that timeline as if we were in those latter days, those last days. And he begins to warn Timothy and encourage Timothy about those very things. He said it's high, in verse 11, he goes back to our scripture, it says it is high time to awaken out of sleep. Why is it? Because we need to be aware of where we are in God's plan of His creation. And when you think about it, what Paul would write to Timothy, he gives him some, some general things about the character of the times that are toward his coming or toward his return. Let me give you some of those and see if you might identify with some of these. One of the things that he told Timothy was there would be false teachers teaching doctrines of demons. Uh, how far do we have to look to find a false teacher in the day that we live in today? I mean, we don't have to turn very many channels on the television till we see or very many uh, uh, clicks on the radio to, to find out somebody who's not teaching the true gospel but, but presenting a perverted gospel. So we live in an age that we have to be careful. We have to be discerning about what we hear and what we believe because they're there and they're prevalent in the time that we live. Satanic activity increases in the latter days. Huh. Wow. How many times can we count in just the last few weeks events, acts that are absolutely horrific in our own country, not to mention around the world? I want to tell you, Satan is busy. His demons are busy. He's busy. Paul said to Timothy, not only that, not only Satan's activity increasing, but People become self-absorbed. We're a self-absorbed society. Wow. How true is that? Paul says lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, boasters, without self-control, brutal. We live in that society today that's caught up in itself. So focused on itself. Another thing that he said was uh, this culture or this time would be religious but deceived. He says, having a form of godliness but divine the power. <laughs> Listen, there's more religions in the world today than there ever has been in history. Uh, there, there's more expressions of false faith and false hope than any time that we've ever seen. So we have to be careful about those times that we live in and be aware of the the culture that we're living in today. You see, having a form of godliness denying its power is really denying its authority. And, And when it comes to life and salvation and hope, the only authority is Jesus Christ. So any other religion without Jesus Christ or any other religious belief apart from Jesus Christ is one that denies authority and power. Has no power to save. It's only through the blood of Christ and His death on the cross that we have salvation. And so we see that today. Another thing that Paul said to him as well, he said, information without transformation. He says, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Isn't that our world that we live in today? I mean... We have so much information available. We have almost an unlimited amount, or it seems like there's an unlimited amount of information that that we can access with our telephone. 
But yet, doesn't seem to change us, does it? Doesn't seem to change our heart. Doesn't seem to change who we are. All this information, no transformation. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ is the truth. And without Him, there's no transformation. The Holy Spirit leads us to the truth. So all the information that could ever be collected in some kind of supercomputer somewhere on this earth can ever lead us to the truth, to the knowledge of the truth, apart from Jesus Christ, apart from His Holy Spirit in us. So we have to be aware of these prophetic times that we live in. Paul says, look, be aware of the time your personal time, the prophetic time. He, he goes on and, and he talks about the practical time as well. In verse 11 he says, from now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. In other words, Paul's saying that, that hey, we're closer to Jesus than we've ever been. <laughs> that that uh, whether we leave this earth in, in physical death and we meet Him uh, in, in, and through that physical death or whether He comes in the air as Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 4 and He takes His church to be with Him, it doesn't matter. However we meet Him, we're closer now than we've ever been before. And that's exciting knowing it. And what, what that reminds us of, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. We better be aware that we need to guard our time. And so Paul reminds us, he says, look, life's coming at you. Look out for what's coming. Be aware of the time. Something else he says also to be aware of, not only the time, but he says be aware of our tendencies. You know, we all have tendencies, don't we? I mean, if you live with someone long enough, if you're married to someone, you, you kind of learn their tendencies, don't you? Some of you wives know that your husband knows exactly how to make you feel loved and secure and safe and all wonderful, right? Whether he does it or not. No, he does, or he should. Uh, and, and you as a wife, you, you, you know exactly how to build your husband up with respect and appreciation and, and, and care for him, all right? <laughs> okay, I'm not going to go there anymore. <laughs> so we all have tendencies. Uh, and Paul talks about some of those in verses 12 and 13. Well, one of the tendencies, we have a tendency to miss opportunities. You guys say Amen. I mean, look, how, how many opportunities can we count today alone that just recently that we just missed? We've missed those opportunities. He says, listen, he says um, in uh, verse 12, he says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. What's he saying? He's saying, look, he's talking about opportunity, isn't he? That it's... That day's almost gone, but you know what? There's a new day ahead. And so we have to be careful. We have to be aware. Paul, he's really saying the past is the past. Take advantage of the present, of today. That's exactly what he says that in Philippians chapter 3. He says, putting those things which are behind, behind, and pressing toward the mark of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, listen, don't, don't. Bemoan yesterday. It's gone. We've missed those opportunities. But what he says is seize today. What can we do today for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ? What, what about those things that are coming at us, those opportunities that are coming at us every day? You're going to step out of this worship service and you're going to be faced with some opportunities. And, and what are you going to do with those? Are you going to do what glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you going to do something else? You're going to make other choices with those opportunities. And so we're reminded that we have a tendency sometimes to miss those opportunities. 
Jesus said, work while it's day, the night's coming. Isn't it? The night's coming. That, that really, we, we need to take advantage of what it is back in chapter 12 of Romans. In verse 1, what Paul says is, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What's he saying? Present your body. Take advantage of those opportunities. Give yourself wholly to Jesus Christ every single day. And see what he does with those opportunities. You know, another tendency that we have also is we have a tendency to misunderstand operation or how things work. Right? He says in verse 12, the end of verse 12, in verse 13, listen to what he says. He says, Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not, uh, and he goes on and gives a list of things. Uh, but, but what's he saying? What's Paul saying here is that we don't always understand how God operates, or we don't always operate the way He operates. We can't operate the way the world does and be effective in the kingdom work. Because it doesn't work that way. We've got to put off those things uh, that are not effective in the kingdom. We've got to put on those things that are light, truth, uh, the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. We put those things on. Jesus was standing before Pilate before he was crucified. And he was given a defense for himself. And listen to what Jesus said to Pilate in response to that very thing. And and you'll get the idea of how the kingdom works. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of the world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So Jesus was saying, look, the world operates like this. If my kingdom was this world, my servants would put up a fight. Peter, draw that sword out. And he would use it to fight. But he says, you know what? My kingdom is not of this earth. Not now, it's not of this earth. And so it operates a different way. What did Jesus Christ do? He didn't fight for His life. He gave up His life. So you and I could be saved, forgiven, cleansed of our sins. And that's how His kingdom works. You see, His kingdom is a kingdom that finds its gain through sacrifice, who advances its work through what you and I give to that kingdom of our lives. That's how it works. Not like this world, but it works on His terms and His way. So we need to be aware of our tendencies. First of all, to learn how His kingdom operates and operate in that way and not miss those opportunities that God gives us. And then finally, let me give you a last thing. That we need to be aware when life's coming at us and opportunities are coming at us. We need to be aware of how, how we're triumphant. In other words, how we have victory in those circumstances. Listen to what he says in verse four, 14. He says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You see, our victory is in Christ and in Christ alone. We have no victory apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's it's in Him, through Him, and from Him is our victory. It's all wrapped up in Him. So that's why Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I begin to look at that. I said, what does that mean to 
put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it really means to submerge ourselves into the Lord Jesus Christ. It means to saturate our, our, our minds, our, our lives in the Lord Jesus Christ. It means to sink into something. It's like putting on a pair of clothes. Maybe some of the ladies enjoy it more than guys do, but a lot of our ladies enjoy going into the store and trying on all these clothes. You know, I want to put on this clothes, and all of a sudden you find that one outfit, the boy you just sink into, and it is, it is nice, isn't it? I mean, that thing looks good on me. It fits. It feels good. It's just, it's just, it's it. It's it. Until next week. But anyhow, at that time, it's it. And so you just kind of sink into that thing. And it just does something to you. And you just like it. You see, that's the kind of idea is, is that we sink in the comfort of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We submerge ourselves into Him. And what happens when we do that? Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 2, Now thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph. Always leads us in triumph. You see, our victory is in Jesus Christ. But, but look a little bit further in this verse. Our victory is costly. He says, And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. What's Paul saying is that There's no room for anything else but Jesus Christ. There's no room for you. (laughs) Let me say that again. There's no room for you. There's no room for me in my life. Except there's only room for Jesus Christ. You say, well, how in the world? What do you mean? Life can't be about us. It must be about Him. Scripture says, I've been crucified with Christ. I'm no longer, I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. You see, that's the lie. When life comes at us and we want to be victorious, that we'll find that in Jesus Christ. That we'll find that it comes at a cost. That it costs us giving up ourselves and taking on the life of Jesus Christ. Him living through us today. Are you looking out for what's coming at you? I want to promise you there's something coming at you. You might not be able to see it yet, but I want to assure you it's coming. Are you going to be ready for it? Are you going to be looking out for your time? Are you going to be guarding against those tendencies that we all have? Are you going to be living that life in triumph in Jesus Christ? That's the real question, isn't it? Bow with me, let's pray.